Thank you, Lord. I'm going to show you one passage up here. Let's just remain standing to read one word, one verse. And I'm going to talk to you today about how to handle being offended. Let me ask a question. How many of you have ever been offended? Anybody in here never been offended? All right. Another question. How many of you have ever been offended in church? How many of you have ever been offended by church folk? Oh, boy, I had a bunch on that one. And they went up faster than at any other question. How many of you have ever struggled to get rid of an offense? How many of you are offended today? Keep your hand down. Because I'm going to talk to you about that. And I'm going to call being offended skunk. And do you recognize Pepe Le Pew up there? That you're not going to believe this. But I'm going to tell you. You know, I told the Lord, I don't need another illustration. But two nights ago, my dog got sprayed again. I said, Lord, I, I really, I had the message, I had the verse. I didn't need a reminder. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You need to catch that skunk. Well, it didn't happen for a long time, but I heard the bark, the familiar bark. And when I let him in, it was Pepe Le Pew. And I made the mistake of reaching down and grabbing him. You notice I wasn't laying hands on you all today? I'm kidding. And I noticed that when you've been skunked, you catch it. And you're contagious. Well, keeping that in mind, let's look at this verse from the Lord Jesus Christ talking to us about how to handle an offense. And uh, it's a powerful passage. Jesus uh, speaking in Matthew 18, 15. And there it is. If your brother wrongs you, we ought to say when your brother wrongs you, because it's going to happen in any place where there's people. Or sins against you is the real Greek meaning. Go and show him his fault. Ju just between the two of you after you have told everybody else in the church. Oh, I'm sorry, I read that wrong. Let's try that again. If your brother wrongs you, go and show him his fault. Then go and tell all of your prayer warriors. Then tell him, that's not what it says. Go to him when between the two of you. And that kind of keeps it between the two of you. Okay? If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. You've saved a friendship if he listens to you. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for your wisdom on delivering us from this real problem of offenses in the church. Lord, I'm asking you to deliver us today with a mighty deliverance from God. I'm asking that people that are offended, that are carrying skunks around right now, will leave them in the altar today. And you will lighten our load and put a smile on our face and snap the chains that have bound us in an offense. In Jesus' name. Can you breathe a prayer and say, Lord, change me today. And if you're offended, say, Lord, set me free today. Amen. Well, turn to your neighbor and tell him, you're going to enjoy this today. Perk up and listen. You're going to need it. All right. Now, let me talk to you about it being offended. This is so real. And I want to tell you that uh, after pastoring... 27 years of my life, I can tell you that probably Satan's most effective weapon against a church 
is offenses. And against a family is offenses. And I've seen offenses rip through a business and destroy the business. We need to be wise with offenses. When somebody wrongs us or sins against us, it causes what we call an offense. We become offended with them. Now, the dictionary definition of offense, you will recognize. It goes like this. To call somebody anger or resentment or hurt. To hurt somebody's feelings or cause resentment, irritation, anger, or displeasure. Somebody does something, says something, insinuates something, or you think they did, and your feelings are hurt, and you become offended. You take it personally, you take it on the chin. It hurts your feelings. It angers you. You become irritated with them. You give them the look when you see them. And I've talked about the look before, but you know what the look is like. The look says to you and to me, you are not what you say. You lying hypocrite. You dirty dog. I've got your number. You're not fooling me. The look happens a lot in church. You walk into a church, somebody's offended somebody else. You may be sitting on the different sides of the sanctuary, but the look crosses over. The look is not a good feeling. Anybody in here ever gotten the look? The look. Oh, yeah. One commentator says this about an offense. It is an injury to you in any way. It injures you. By words or by conduct. The offense injures your character, injures your person, or injures your property. You are injured. You are hurt. You are bleeding. And there's a lot of bleeding saints walking in the, around in the church today. A lot of people who have been offended and wounded and hurt and have never gotten over it, have never gotten past it. Some have been carrying it for years, and they've never been healed of it. And that's not the will of God. God wants us healed of offenses. Now, here's my point. When we are offended by somebody's actions or words, there's a right way and a wrong way to handle it. And you know what comes natural? The wrong way. The wrong way says, I want vengeance. I want you to get yours. It reminds me of the disciples when, they, when Jesus was not received into Samaria. The disciples got offended. And they said, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven on them? And Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're walking in. It was a spirit of vengeance. It was a spirit of offense. And aren't you glad that Christians don't have the power to call fire down on each other? We wouldn't have a church. We'd have a bunch of ash piles. But Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're walking in because that's not the spirit of the kingdom of God. Vengeance, retaliation, all those things, talking about them, vilifying them, demonizing them, trashing them, trash-talking them, dissing them, we would say, because they've offended us. That's the wrong way. Jesus taught us the right way. He said, I want you to go to the offender and show him the offense. Tell him what he's done. Explain to him how he or she have hurt you and get it out and work it out and hammer it out and forgive it out and walk away free. Just between the two of you, go to them. If he listens to you, listen. If they listen, you've gained your brother. In other words, we are to be the first ones to go 
to the one that offended us and explain that they brought pain to us. You hurt me. And, and, and you know what you'll find? Uh, eight times out of ten, it's a misunderstanding. It didn't even really happen like you thought. You know, words are funny things. They're not very reliable. And let me tell you the worst form of communication on earth. Are you ready? Email. Texting. Facebook. You know why? Because I can't see your expression. I can't hear your tone. Uh, all I've got is black and white words there, and, and they are easily misconstrued. Matter of fact, if you need to go to somebody and tell them that they offended you, don't do it by email. Don't do it by text, because they're going to take it wrong. They need to see your face, see your eyes, hear your tone, sense your attitude. That's free. I'm just tossing that out. I didn't say that in the first service, so this is the one that will go on the radio. Because I've seen so much damage done by email and texting. You're sitting there texting while you're driving. Even your words aren't complete. How do they expect you to understand that? They can't, under they can't understand what you mean. You've got to go to them. Now, we're to work it out between us and them alone. If the meeting is successful, we've regained a brother. And if the offense to you was caused because somebody was sinning, they were living a sinful lifestyle, doing something that you know is wrong and they know is wrong, and their sin has offended you. It has offended your sensibilities, your Christian sensibilities. You are offended and stumbling over the way they're living. If they hear you when you go to them, you have saved the church from reproach because you went to them alone. Jesus didn't say go out and tell 30 other people what they're doing. He said you go to them between you and them alone and share your offense. You say, Pastor, I just don't like that. I'm not a confronter. But are you an obeyer? If you're an obeyer, then you've got to be a confronter every once in a while. Sometimes you just got to do it. And you'll be amazed how quickly something can be settled that if you let it simmer and you let it sit and you let it lay there, it becomes way worse than the original offense. Now listen to this. The Bible says... Don't just go to them alone between you and him or you and her, but do it quickly in a proactive manner. The offense, if you don't, will grow into a root of bitterness. I don't believe we ought to give an offense any longer than a 24-hour shelf life. The Bible says, don't let the sun set on your anger. When you're offended, don't let the sun set on it. Because if you do, you're going to think about it you're going to stew on it. You're going to turn it over in your mind. You're going to nurse it. You're going to rehearse it. And eventually you're going to disperse it. So the Bible says, handle it quickly. Handle it as fast as you can. You married folks, let me tell you something. Don't let an offense sit in your marriage for weeks and months and years. Because nothing will put a wedge between you and your spouse like an offense that is not handled. Learn to be fast confessors and fast forgivers. Amen. 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 Pastor Jeff, preach it now. Amen. I will. The Bible says, resolve it and resolve it quickly. Go take care of it before it has time to put a root down. Because the Bible says in Hebrews 12, 15, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Now here's what he's telling us. The grace of God is immediately extended in the presence of an offense. 
God sends His grace immediately. What does He send His grace for? That we will be graced and empowered to handle it the way it ought to be handled. What does grace do? Grace gives me the power to do what I ought to do. And so He says when there's an offense, be careful that you don't lay aside or ignore or resist the grace of God that has come to help you handle the offense. Watch out, he goes on to say, that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Look at that. A root of bitterness does first one thing. It troubles you. It troubles me. When I'm offended and I don't handle it, and I begin to get bitter, listen, it troubles me. It ruins my walk with God. It destroys my sense of the presence of God. It pulls me away from God. It can literally sabotage my walk with God. It troubles me. It never leaves me alone. Uh, an offense that is not handled right is malignant. It's like a malignant tumor. If you don't excise it, if you don't operate and get it out, it doesn't just stay there stagnant. It grows. When we don't handle an offense biblically, it's going to go through several stages. The hurt becomes a grudge. And the grudge turns into resentment. And then resentment puts down a root of bitterness. And rather than handling the offense proactively and biblically, we instead begin to nurse it and rehearse it. And eventually, when it grows inside of us, we will end up talking about it, sharing it, conversing it, and dispersing it. And that's how it springs up and troubles many other people who had nothing to do with the original offense. Did you know that when you're offended and you're walking around with it, you're contagious? People who are bitter and resentful are usually never satisfied unless they can persuade others to join their offense party. And you'll get invitations to come to the offense party. Oh yeah, you'll get calls, hey, can you come on over? I'm going to talk to you about what happened to me. And you go over there and the offended person begins to spew and begins to converse and begins to disperse. And anybody that wants to go to the party is more than welcome. And this is how many are corrupted or defiled by our offense. Now here's what happens. When I get offended or you get offended and we don't handle it, we don't forgive, we don't go to the person and we don't handle it and work it out and hammer it out and bring peace, if we, if we let it lie there and remain offended and we begin to disperse it, then the Bible says that other people pick up our offense. Now let me give you an illustration. Here I have a little baby skunk in my hand. Those of you listening by radio, I'm holding a little, not a real one, I'm holding a little baby stuffed little baby skunk. Now, here's the way it works. Somebody, I hear that somebody said something about me. Or they say it right to me. And it hurts me. I'm offended. I'm angered. I'm irritated. And instead of going, Lord, I forgive them and and, and then going to the person and saying, you know, uh, that really hurt my feelings and I want to work this out and I don't want to leave this between us and if it's at all possible, I want to be at peace with you. And you know, some people, they don't want to make things right. But most good Christian people will make it right. And so you go to them and say, I need to work this out because this really offended me. If you don't do that and you decide to keep it to yourself, here's what you're doing. You're holding it, you're coddling it, you're nursing it, you're rehearsing it, you're fellowshipping with it, 
You're turning over the event in your mind. You're going back over and over again to what they said and how they said it and what they did and how much it hurt you. You've got a film going on in your mind that is looping continuously. You're going back to that offense and back to that offense and back to that offense and back to that offense. And every time you do this skunk, that's what getting offended is like. It's like being skunked, sprayed by a skunk, just like my little dog did the other night. And do you know that when you get offended, you get skunked by an offense? It does to you exactly what a real skunk will do when it sprays you. Did you know that skunk spray can blind you? And so do offenses. 1 John 2.11 says, But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. Do you know a skunk spray can make you sick? Trust me. I experienced it two nights ago. It can make you sick. And offenses affect us physically. And they are proven to erode, to erode physical health. And you know, and I know that Skunk spray is repulsive. I mean, there's nothing good about skunk spray. There's nothing redemptive about it, nothing you want to keep about skunk spray. It's bad from start to finish, and so are offenses. When somebody is sprayed by a skunk, it's the number one thing everybody around them is aware of. I can't fellowship with my little dog, Ollie. When he smells like a skunk, I want him away from me because he stinketh. But as you know, that offended people, when they are taking this skunk of offense and they're nursing it and rehearsing it and coddling it and fellowshipping with it and keeping it right close to their heart and all of that, did you know that when they walk into a room, you can smell it? When they walk into a room, if you've ever been around an offended person, you can't be around it for five minutes that you don't hear all about the film that's always looping in their head. You hear all about what happened to them and what he did or she did or they did. And what they're really wanting is for you to enter into the offense with them. And everywhere they go, they smell. Now let me show you how this works. Where is... There we go. Come on out, Heidi. Let me show you how this works. Now, for the radio listeners, I'm bringing somebody out. We're going to do a little skit in front of this church, and I'm going to show you how it works with an offense. Hi, Heidi. Hi, Pastor. Now, we just met in church. We're in the foyer. We're just talking in the foyer. Say, Heidi, hey, I need you to pray with me about something. Okay. Okay? I will. I will pray with you. All right. Did you know that John Doe said this thing about me, and here's what he said, blah, 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 blah. I am so hurt. Can you believe that about John Doe? I can't believe it. Right over there, him? That's awful. I can't believe they would treat you that way. Well, you know what? I've heard that he's done that with a lot of other people. You have? I have. Yeah, I think think he's probably like that. I've heard he is bad news. Don't tell anybody. I just want you to pray about it. I I will pray about it. I'm just giving you a prayer request. Yeah. But have you heard that about John? Yeah, I think he is like that. You do? Yes. this, This is upsetting. Are you upset that I'm hurt? Because I'm am. your friend. I am. I'm upset. The way he's treating you, it's not right. Amen. I have a friend. And here's what happens. As soon as she says, wow, and she enters into my hurt and my offense, here, Heidi, I want you to have something from me to you. Now, hang on. Because now I've been nursing and rehearsing it enough that my skunk has grown. 
My skunk has grown. And, and now this skunk, when I walk into a room, everybody knows I'm offended, bleeding, hurting. I'm going to tell anybody that wants. So, but now, Heidi, now look, she took the skunk. Now watch this. After hearing only one side. Because did you know that when you take, oh, see you later, Heidi. <laughs> she's going off and she's skunked. She's skunked by my offense, but watch this. The deal is, the Bible says, he who answers a matter, oh, her skunk has grown too. Now watch this. The Bible says that he who answers a matter before hearing both sides, before hearing both sides, how many of you have lived long enough to see there's always another side? All right. He who answers a matter before hearing both sides, it's a shame and a folly to him. But she took my skunk after hearing only one side. Now watch this. She's got secondhand skunk. She's got secondhand offense. You heard about secondhand smoke? It can give you cancer. Secondhand offense is just as powerful as the first hand. Now, keep in mind, she wasn't offended with me. That is, she wasn't there for the original offense. I was offended. I dumped it on her. In essence, I sprayed her. And now she's skunked. She is offended. When she sees the person who hurt me, she sees them through the same eyes I do. She's got the same anger I do. She's got the same bitterness I do. She's got the same negative idea about them as I do. And she's only heard one side. But now, since she is nursing it, rehearsing it, she's now going to converse it, and she's going to disperse it. Now, what she's about to do is exactly what happens in homes and businesses and churches. See, we begin to share the offense instead of Jesus. The Bible says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to what? Edifying Oh, now look, here's someone else nursing and rehearsing and conversing and dispersing a skunk. Now, this woman was nowhere. She's got third-hand offense. But they think, everybody, they think because they love me, they're doing me a favor. They're showing loyalty to take my offense. But you know what? You're not showing loyalty if you take my offense. You need to say to me, well, Pastor Jeff, if they hurt you, you need to go to them and work it out. Uh-oh, now we're in real trouble. <laughs> do you see what's happening? And do you know that this is what happens in churches and homes and businesses? And it divides people. It ruins unity. It destroys the anointing. It breaks the power of God off of a church. It grieves the Holy Spirit. Because what's happening now? They're all going out, and they're finding their friends. Have you heard what so-and-so, what John Doe did to Pastor Jeff? No, I haven't heard. Well, let me share the prayer request with you. Because there's a whole bunch of us intercessors going to be praying about this. <laughs> and before you know it, you've got all these people sharing an offense. And instead of the people catching the Holy Spirit, catching the Word of God, catching healing, catching deliverance. They're catching an offense. And now look what's happening. Look at all these people. Uh-oh, there's more coming. And more. What are you doing? We just saw you on video. You're not supposed to be offended. 
And now see how the skunk is spreading? How many skunks do we have? We got a lot of skunks. Do y'all see how? Now look what's happening. You got a whole section of the church that is offended, that has a negative opinion about John Doe. Some of them haven't even met John Doe. They don't even know John Doe. But when they see John Doe, look at all the people who give John Doe the look. Now here comes John Doe. He comes into church on Sunday morning after a couple of weeks of this, and he can't figure out why daggers are coming out of all these people's eyes. It's because they've all been skunked. <laughs> all it takes is one person who doesn't handle it right and go out and spread the offense. Now let me ask you a question. If, I, if this was real and this skunk could still spray that wonderful fragrance. And I went up to you and I said, Brother, please hold my skunk. Would you take it? Would you take it? You wouldn't even get near me, would you? Because I, I, I am carrying something deadly that stinks, that is revolting. But then why, when people come up and say, Please take my offense, we take it. Oh, I'll be mad right there with you. I'll get angry right there with you. I'll hold a grudge right there with you because I love you. You're my friend. It's not what friends do. A friend would say, I love you enough to tell you, go handle it. Forgive. Work it out and get free. But if I take your skunk, I can't help you. I'm enabling you. The Bible says, don't you know that a little bit of yeast works through the whole batch of dough? A tiny pinch of yeast will spread throughout an entire lump of dough and cause the whole thing to rise. A little bit affects a lot. People who are permeated with bitterness will drag everybody down that they possibly can and pull everybody's spirits down. Before long, you'll have all kinds of people in a church who are not all about Jesus anymore. They're now defined by their offense, not Jesus. They're defined by what their issue is, not Jesus. What do you think this would do to the anointing on a church, to the blessing on a church, to the power of a church's testimony? Didn't Jesus say, they'll know you're my disciples by how you love one another? But you see, when you're skunked, you're defined by your offense. Skunk people focus on their offense more than they do the things of God. Skunk people uh, become known for their issue rather than their Savior. Skunk people sacrifice their blessing for their offense. Skunk people always lose. They never win. Now let me tell you the truth about holding an offense, and then I'm going to let them go sit down. Just think, if this were this many people carrying my offense around, Watch this. It'll hinder your relationship with the Lord and your service for Him when you're carting around an offense. You'll forfeit your anointing for the offense. And bitterness opens the door to the devil. The Bible says, don't give place to the devil. How do you give place to the devil? Paul said, by letting the sun set on your offense. The word place there is topos, and it means geography. Don't give land. Don't give geography in your soul 
to the devil. And how do you do it? When you take the skunk of an offense, you say, you know what? I just choose to hold a grudge. I choose to stay mad. I choose to be bitter. And when you do that, you just gave geography in your soul to the enemy. Did you know that bitterness will affect you physically? Doctors have found, I read this week, doctors have found that people who are bitter and have a lot of hatred in their hearts have much more arthritis, more digestive problems, and more depression than those who are at, are at peace and don't hold an offense. Bitterness hurts and defiles many other people. Bitterness and murmuring are infectious. They're contagious. And they spread poison into the lives of many others. Here I was just offended alone. And now look what has become of it. Amen? Amen. All right, all of you offended people. Now here's what we're going to do. In just a minute, you'll notice that on your chair or behind your chair right in front of you, there is a little thing that says release the offense. What they're going to do is they're going to put their skunks all down here in this altar. And what I want us to do today, if you've got an offense against somebody, I want you to write it down. Don't put your name down. I don't want to know who it is. But write the offense down. And at the end of this service, we're going to bring them down and we're going to put them in the altar. Do you know in the first service, it was flooded. And we're going to put our offenses here and we're going to leave them in the altar. You're going to walk out without the offense clinging to you anymore. We're leaving our skunks in the altar. So go ahead, y'all. Thank you so much. Give them a hand. Now, while they're going back to their seats, you say, well, Pastor, I've been skunked. How do I get rid of it? What do I do? How do I handle this? How do I deal with it? Let me give you three simple things, and then we're going to leave our skunks in the altar. One, can you say with me, confess and repent to God. Repentance is a beautiful six-letter word, repent. And repentance paves the way for you to get peace with God. Repent and allow the Lord to forgive you. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Listen, there's only one way to get rid of this skunk. When I say, Jesus, forgive me for nursing it, rehearsing it, coddling it, fellowshipping with it, holding on to it, feeding it, forgive me, I repent of it, this skunk loses its power over me. Repentance breaks its power. The second thing you do is you confess and repent, it, uh, repent of it to others. Confess and repent of it to the one that offended you. Or confess and repent to somebody and just say, you know what, I've been carrying around a skunk of offense. I have fed it. I've nurtured it. I've grown it. I've raised it. And I want to be free of it. Listen to what the Bible says. James 5.16, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. Powerful passage. Now, he says, I want you to confess your sins to each other. There's a time to confess sins to God and there's a time to confess them to each other. You may need to go to the one that offended you where there is the breach, where there is the break of relationship and say, you know what, I've carried an offense in my heart towards you. And I need you to forgive me. I've done it. It's not easy. But I'll tell you what, it will set you free when you do it. It releases us. 
So, Pastor, what if they don't receive it? Well, they may not. It takes one to forgive. It takes two to reconcile. They may not reconcile with you. Some people are just ornery. They don't want to make it right. They don't want to have peace. They want to hold a grudge. So if you go to them and you say, I am so sorry, I have been offended at you, you hurt my feelings, they may say to you, well, you know what, jump in a lake, I really don't care. But guess what? If they don't reconcile, they can't stop you from forgiving. You can forgive if somebody's ornery or not. If they want to reconcile, that's great. You have gained your brother. You have gained your sister. But if they say, I don't care, I don't want to make it right, I don't want to do it, get out of here, see ya, it's been real, adios, you can walk away and say, you know what, fine, but I forgive you and I brush the dust off my feet. Then the offense is between them and God. You are free. So you've got to go to God and confess it, and then you go to someone else, a brother or sister, and confess it. But then Hebrews 12:1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside, let us lay down, let us lay down everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. When you're skunked, it might as well be a ball and chain around your ankle because you can't run the race when you're skunked. It's a drag on your spirit. It's a drag on your life. It's a drag on your walk with God, and it will hinder you and pull you down. So what does he say? There are some things that are weights and some things that are sins. And a weight is like this skunk. You know what? I'm not going to walk in this anymore. I'm going to lay it down. And you give it to God. And you never take it back. I told the first service, I wish I could have a fire in here. Because then we would write it on these little pieces of paper and we'd go burn it. We'd burn the offenses. Because you know what? When you bring your offense down into this altar, you're going to leave unskunked. And you're never going to pick it up again. And when the devil comes to you and, say, and tries to remind you of that film, take you back to the offense, you say, you know what? You've knocked on the wrong door because I left it in the altar at Turning Point Church and I'm not going to rehearse it anymore. Not going to do it. So I'm going to ask you to fill out that piece of paper and I want you to bow with me for a moment of prayer, would you? I want you to stop and think. Is there anybody you're offended with? Anybody you've held a grudge against? Anybody who hurts you and when they hurt you, you got skunked. And over time, it's been nursed and rehearsed and conversed and dispersed. But what we want to do right now is reverse it. We want to reverse what it's done. So I'm going to ask you to write down the offense. And we're going to worship for a minute, and then we're going to open up this altar. And I want you just to come down and say, Lord... I lay this skunk, this offense in the altar, and I'm not going to pick it up ever again. I'm not going to rehearse it. I'm not going to nurse it. I'm not going to converse it 
I'm not going to disperse it anymore. I leave it with you and I forgive and let God set you free. Can we stand up together? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, help us to lay these things at the altar. In Jesus' name, amen. Now you feel free to come down and just lay it here. Just put it on the altar and say, Lord, I'm leaving it and I'm not going to take it back. And let's let God set us free today. And don't leave yet. We're going to pray and then we're going to dismiss. But you come right now and lay them in the altar. Your 